0: This episode of This Week in Wealth is sponsored by Alpha Wealth Group. Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors LLC and SEC registered advisor. WGN Radio and RWA are not affiliated. Here's WGN Radio's Elise Glink and Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink, I'm a WGN radio talk show host, financial journalist, and CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company.
2: And I'm Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of the Alpha Wealth Group based in Oakbrook Terrace.
1: Hey, if you want to talk to us or ask Tom a question, give us a call, 630-934-1855, or you can go to alphawealthgroup.com. So, Tom, it feels like many of my friends, some are a little older than me, are becoming new grandparents. And they're asking what kinds of financial moves they can make or should make to ease the burden on their kids. Because, as we all know, kids and, of course, grandkids are really expensive. And so, you know, I've got some ideas about this, but I wanted to hear what you're thinking about, you know, what kinds of short-term and long-term help grandparents should be thinking about when it comes to the idea of easing a financial burden on their kids now, but also in the future, because as we all know, as kids age, those expenses
2: grow as well. Mm -hmm. Well, let's start with um, just understanding the gift tax laws. Which are sixteen thousand per person per year. So, in other words, if there's grandparents, two people, they can each get sixteen. That's thirty-two thousand to each person. Which I'm guessing in most cases is going to be okay. But I just want to <laughs> clarify. <laughs> most
0: that's people, true. I'll tell that
2: to. Let's say, well, look, I'm not giving more than thirty. That's okay. That's enough. But to gift a hundred thousand to somebody. Which I'm all for that. I'll get in line, but technically there are gift tax laws, and so we don't need to get in that today. But I just wanted to just clarify it's 16000 per person per year, and usually that's not an, an issue. But giving, as far as ideas, well, you know, you asked about short term and long term, so I guess we can approach it this way, and then you can tell me your thoughts. You know, short term, or I should say, things that you can do now, maybe if they're younger, and I think you're a fan of them, you know, 529s, I think mm-hmm. are. Always, I'm you know, it's interesting you hear different opinions on this, but it's like, why would it be bad to put money aside for college that grows tax free and that is tax free for qualified higher education? You can change beneficiaries, there's a lot of flexibility. I'm a fan of 529s, so that's one. I'm a little, um, not so much on the upmas or the UGMAs because they technically get it at age of majority. You know, so just rather than, obviously there's the always, hey, I can cut a check or I can just pay for tuition if they're going to a private school or things like that right out of, you can do those things right out of the gates. But also to set things up that I think for investment purposes, those are things that can be done. You know, we can talk a little bit more about Roth IRAs. Those are longer term and certainly if we even want to segue into longer longer term is having an estate plan to make sure the assets flow to those those loved ones as yeah, well yeah
1: and those are all really excellent suggestions and yes i completely agree that a 529 plan is a nice a nice thing to do and you know, I've had people come back and say to me, well, I spent all this time and money putting money into my 529 plan for my kids, and now my grand, you know, my parents, the grandparents, have said they're going to step up and actually just pay the tuition part of that exactly. So I'm going to have all this money left over. Now what do I do? And, you know, if you're out of kids, right, because as you pointed out, you can always <laughs> switch the beneficiary, but at some point in time, you're going to run out of children, or you've got the same, you know, issue for yeah. all of them, right? Right now, that money sits there and it grows and grows and grows, and it passes down. And you, you know, if nobody needs it for grad school, so many people are going to graduate school these days, um, it'll pass down to their children. And what an amazing gift! Yeah. to have that money grow for forty years until their, your, you know, your great grandchildren, the great grandchildren are ready to use it.
2: Yeah, I think it's like I said, I. I I think the five twenty nines are a great plan, and yeah, well, you have to pay taxes and penalties if you withdraw. It. If if push comes to shove and you, there's no other use for it, but we know what tuition rates are today, so <laughs> yeah, more than likely not, you're not going to run out of money, uh, run through it. You know, it's you're going to use it. Let's put it that way. So yeah, they're
1: not. It's not going down. I also love the idea of using sort of the gift tax law. Um, A lot of people, that's a great way to help somebody, you know, if your kids want to buy a house and they want to get to 20% so they don't need um, to take out uh, private mortgage insurance, right, Mm -hmm. which is outrageously expensive. Mm -hmm. Well, interest rates are now pushing 6%. I mean, it's just crazy how high they're getting. And... You've got home prices, which have gone up. They've jumped dramatically over the last couple of years. And if you live in the southeast, and Chicago's kind of been spared a little bit, not from the interest rate hikes, but from the amount of the property appreciation. But if you're trying to buy anywhere in the south or southeast, it's going to require 40% more income this year than last year to buy Mm -hmm. that house. So you know using that 16,000 per person gift which you know if there's three people in the family you know spouse partner you know spouse kid basically you're able to give them 100,000 mm-hmm. that's a nice way to get to your down payment over the course of a year mm-hmm. but you can also structure some other gifts what do you think about parents who act as the bank for their kids taking out a, a loan and then they can forgive part of that loan every year
2: yeah I mean it it's got everybody's situation is unique and so these are good ways to structure and I think it's good from a discipline standpoint you know as far as creating some discipline and paying back and having a loan and understanding and then it benefits everybody as opposed to an outright gift I think those are, are good things that uh, can be done so there's just one other thing I mentioned too without again we don't have to go off on this but you can exceed the gift tax or gift amounts, if you really want to give a lot, you, you can effectively give away part of your exemption today if it's, it's, there's a lifetime exclusion. But anyway, if, if it's really necessary to go beyond that amount, that can be done as well.
1: And there's a good argument for that, right? If you're, yeah. you know, if you've got your lifetime exemption now is like twelve million six hundred, but it's going to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's scheduled it to change, I should say, in 2025. I don't know if it actually will. It's going to depend who gets elected, I suppose. But, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, if you're giving away an extra, let's say your kids want to buy a million dollar house, which, by the way, just doesn't go as far as it used to. <laughs> we can talk about that some other day.
2: Yeah, I'm so naive. I can't believe these things. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's hard to believe everybody's got a, you know, doesn't have a million yeah. dollar house these days, right? So, but if you're doing that and you want to put down 20%, that's $200,000 cash. A lot of young people have trouble putting that to get kind of money together, right? Mm-hmm. And so that may be a very acceptable use for it. I we have to take a break, but you know, when we come back I want to just carry this out a little bit further and talk about some of the estate planning that people do because okay. You know, parents who, you know, if you are lucky enough to have your grandparents with you until you're, I don't know, until they're in their 80s, 90s, or 100s, um, that's one thing. But if you're like me, where your father died it's very suddenly at four, when he was 49, um, that also happens. And so preparing for those kinds of um, things and how you want that cash to pass down or how you want the estates to function, I think is something, you know, we could talk about as well. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about estates and um, how you might want to think about gifting the next couple of generations. Uh, Stay tuned to This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Gling, founder and CEO of Best Money Moves, and I'm here with Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of Alpha Wealth Group, and we're still talking about your money. Actually, what we're talking about this week is how you can help your children and grandchildren Um, As life is getting much more expensive, if you've got a question for Tom or you want to work on your estate, 630-934-1855, or you just want some advice on this sort of thing, you can go to alphawealthgroup.com. So, Tom, you know, as we're talking about passing down wealth, you know, obviously, Mm -hmm. as I said just before the break, My father died at 49, but a lot of times, you know, my mother-in-law died at 70. People die well before they're 119 years old, which is the age of the oldest woman in France, and she just recently died. But, you know, you have to plan for the other side of it as well. And if you've got some specific ideas on how you want to help your children at various stages of their life, I think there's some things that you should be able to do with your estate, with investments, with different kinds of trusts Mm -hmm. that I think would allow somebody to parcel out finances or money or help at Mm -hmm. the times when their kids need it most. And I think about this example. I have a very close friend, and her parents divorced, but when her mom died, she left her three kids money at different stages of their life. She said, you know, you probably are going to want it all now, but I'm leaving you some at 35 and some at 45 and the rest at age 55 because I know that there are expenses you're going to face and you're going to need some help from me and this is my way of giving it at different times. What do you think of something like that?
2: Well, I think certainly, you know, when you set up a trust and that's really what we're talking about, you know, I may have made the comment before. You know, I worked with an attorney, and we have attorneys here that do the estate planning, been doing this for a long time. Who said if you have a bank account and a home, you should have a trust? I agree with that statement because trust, you know, survive you. Trusts don't die. Trusts don't get sick, so they don't go to probate. So this is important. <laughs> this is a very important part of your plan, right? Yeah, critical. You should, you know, there's almost no exceptions where you there's why you wouldn't want to have a trust in place where you title the assets to the trust and so on. And so, yeah, you're getting to a point where. The assets can flow to the to the children or grandchildren, what's sometimes referred to as free from trust immediately. Well, in some most cases you it does make sense to put an age on there and it's not to spite the children, it's to protect them. And it's I can't tell you how many people I've come across. I had a client who was was well off himself and said, My father left me money, I wish he would have put some <laughs> stipulations on it, it was gone, he was young. So yeah, those are that makes sense, and that's the beauty of a trust. You can you can set up the distribution to say, hey, I want them to get a certain amount at this time. I want them to get a certain amount at this time. If a child predeceases me, their share goes to their children or my grandchildren at a certain age. And so this again is is so critical to you know we talked to Elise about hey during the lifetime can I gift to them? Yes. Can I pay for college? Sure. Can I contribute to a five twenty nine? Can I put money in a Roth for their future? Yeah. And then you can also, so you can do all of these things in addition to saying, okay, also how do I have the estate that I've worked so hard to grow, make sure that it goes to my children and grandchildren in the most efficient manner. And so these pieces can be, again, all done. They're not exclusive to each other. And so, you know, we talked about gifting up to 16,000 per person per year, which is the allowable amount. Some people will go, I'll give you an idea. You can set up irrevocable trusts, separate from your original revocable You could buy a life insurance policy and gift to the children to pay the life insurance policy. Life insurance passes tax-free, and if it's in an irrevocable trust, estate tax-free. So there are ways to, I'm going to say, I'm going to leverage this. I'm going to go buy a, you know, whatever it might be, a $2 million life insurance policy. I'm going to fund it through gifting to my children. And guess what? They're going to get this significant amount of money completely income and estate tax-free. There's so many things you can do.
1: So, I think that that's so interesting. And I think people don't realize that there are these little nuances in tax law that really can help you with these kinds of life gifts. And I, you know, I think that people just underestimate the power of the dollar. In a lot of ways, and things mm-hmm. that happen that you know, whether you're give, you know, you've got a hundred million, or you've got ten million, or you even have you know one or two million, that there are things that you can do that are really helpful and can maximize the amount that you're leaving behind, mm-hmm. and again, leaving behind at certain periods of time. I, you know, I'm thinking about a friend who sold a business. Mm -hmm. And that business had, you know, a huge amount of money and they divided it in four. There were three kids and the parents, each one got a quarter of the proceeds, the way that they had structured the ownership. And then one of the kids died without a spouse or, or kid, you know, grandchildren. And so now there were just three of them and, you know, the money sort of flowed directly. So they were smart about how they originally thought it through, but then the money flowed directly to the two kids Mm -hmm. and they were too young. They just, they kind of blew it with Mm -hmm. the investments and they still Mm -hmm. have some they've got some left but nowhere near what they had because Mm -hmm. there was nobody there to help guide them making those decisions when they were in their 20s yeah
2: and again that's the benefit you know all of these things can be accomplished and that's one of the again the benefit of a trust is the assets can be set aside for the benefit of your children you can have different trustees or successor trustees that will run it, whether it's a brother or a sister, someone, or or you can have co-trustees, not suggesting that. But whoever it may be, but they can run the trust for the benefit of the children and the grandchildren, and then that's the way it can be set up. So now the money can be invested for them. It can continue to grow. It can be paid out over time to take care of their the things they need throughout their life pay for education, pay for health care, pay for whatever it might be, and then they can get it in seg- you know portions throughout their life. I mean, it, so yeah, there can, again, family dynamics are unique with every family, but yeah. all of these things can be done the way you want them. There's no perfect plan, but certainly if you don't put these things in place, you, the things you may want to have happen may not. So it's right. important. It's, this is another piece of the, just one piece of all of these things that we talk about, at least.
1: Well, I want to just switch. We have a few minutes left, and I want to just switch gears for a moment. So as of May 1st, I-bonds actually jumped up even higher than you and I thought they were going to go. I think the rate is going to be 9.6% starting this month for the quarter. And the stipulations, there's some stipulations, right? Investments, you can invest up to, I think, 10000 per Social Security <clears throat> number. You can't cash them in for the first 12 months. You can buy them directly online. Boy, 9.6% sounds awfully good to me, even if I only get it for three months. What do you think about I-bonds and you know what we should do right now with those? Should everybody just go online and set up an account and buy I-bonds?
2: I almost want to say yes, period. That's it. There's my answer. <laughs> almost. No, but, I mean, you... <laughs> you're getting 9.6. Look, it's interesting because sometimes when I talk about Roth IRA contributions, I say, well, all I can do is 7,000, that's it. Okay, but that 7,000 that is sitting in a bank that now can grow tax-free, why would you leave it there? So for those that can do this, and it doesn't have to be 10,000, even if it's 5,000, why would you not take advantage of money that's sitting there, which is getting, as we like to have said before, at least a negative real rate of return, and put that money in something like this that can get Right now, nine point six for the next six months. Wow! I'm just, I, you know. So the short answer is, yeah, I think most most people would want to do it. And TreasuryDirect.gov is a great site.
1: Yeah, it is a great site. And then you additionally can buy five thousand dollars more of bonds of I bonds using a federal tax refund if you're getting one. Now, I don't ever want people to get a refund because mm-hmm. you know why would you let the government have that money without you know paying interest on it, but. You can, if you're getting it back, flip that $5,000 into I-bonds, right?
2: Correct. Yep. So there's a couple okay. ways to get money into it.
1: So this is a short conversation because we want you to go and do this. So <laughs> treasury, treasurydirect.gov, you have to set up the account. The account can take a couple of weeks to actually go through it. it may not be instantaneous, but it's um, really important to have. And also understand that these this rate, while well, it's good for six months, is a it, Tom? Yes. Yeah, it it does fluctuate based on inflation. So it's been as low as 0% for 6 months in 2015, but it's gone as high as 10 and 10.85% 10. if you bought I bonds in 2000. And then what happens afterwards like so let's say the first 6 months are 9.6%, then what happens? They readjust, right? Has that worked?
2: Correct. Time? Right. So for there's a new interest rate that's declared for the next 6 months. And so, yeah, it could go down. I don't foresee much of that. I mean, it could go down a little bit, but again, based on interest rates today, I don't see where this can be. You want to read, by the way, there's instructions and in direct, It's like I say, it's a great site. It explains all of like the 10,000 amount, the amount you can put in 10,000 that you need to hold it for at least a year if you, after a year, if you. You liquidate it. There's a three-month penalty on interest, but you have made nine percent over the around that time, so you're still way ahead of the game. So again, read those limitations or or rules, I should say, but uh, more more. I mean, it far outweighs the benefits. I believe my opinion, the benefits far outweigh any of the restrictions.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just a it's a good thing to do, and yes. and that we're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Good thing to do. Treasurydirect.gov, 9.6%. And here we are, out of time again. So of if you If you want, I know, it's so fast. I always love talking to you, Tom. If you've got a question for Tom, if you want to have a conversation with him, alphawealthgroup.com. And uh, we'll be back again next week for another edition. Please call and let us know that you've bought your I-bonds. And uh, until then, Tom, have a great week. You too. <laughs> All right. See you, everybody.